Author of the Week, featuring another great creator of narratives for the human race on Southside Broadcasting and Siren Radio. Yes, time for another great author of the week, and we're really delighted to be able to welcome a soul who's actually sort of opened up so many wonderful things in terms of uh, the work that she actually does in terms of accessibility and a whole heap of other uh, scenarios as well. It's the one and only Kelly Brakenhoff. How are you, Kelly? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Well, great to connect with your good self. And uh, I have to say, uh, I'm particularly taken by the whole notion of Duke, or technically Duke, if you're in North America, uh, the deaf dog, which is a really wonderful thing. I know we've spoken about this before, uh, but this is a tremendous sort of way forward. And indeed, of course, ties in with your professional work as a licensed American Sign Language interpreter. Yes, that's right. That's kind of what inspired me to write the books is all of the years of working with deaf people and learning about their culture and community. And I just kind of... uh, think that a lot of people should know some sign language so that when you meet people out at the shops or at work or in school that you can talk to them. It's all about the communication side of things, of course. That's at the heart of this. But you know, as you say, you do murder mysteries. I mean, I love the death by dissertation line. I mean, that was, the, I think there are many students <laughs> of that, including even, even Kathy Manser would actually identify with death by dissertation. But, you know, it's part and parcel of the whole system. Um, but there is obviously the switch between, obviously, the, uh, the thriller series and, of course, the young adult series. And I know we're going to talk about the Kickstarter that you've set up for My Dog Duke. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about... Duke or Duke, if you're this side of the the Atlantic? (laughs) I don't think I can even say it correctly on on that side. Um, Yeah, so Duke is just, uh, he's a preschool age dog or, you know, he's kind of like a dog that's really like a kid and everyone in his family can hear except him. Sometimes he gets left out because people talk and forget to sign his best friend in this um, third book, his name is Koa. He's a little corgi, so he's kind of cute and chubby and got some furry hair. Um, and Koa's whole family is deaf. And so everyone in his family signs. And of course, when Duke goes to play with his friend, their houses are kind of different, right? So this book um, is a little bit different than the other ones because it's talking about how friends are the same and how they're different. And so Duke kind of looks sees the differences between how their houses are because one has a family that can hear and one has a family that's deaf. Kathy, we'll turn to your good self. Uh, I'm not sure whether uh, you're a, a practitioner in terms of sign language or, or lines from that point of view, mm-hmm. as obviously the listener will appreciate. Uh, we do need, It is radio, so we can't really do the interview in sign language, but uh, <laughs> any questions that you'd like to put to, uh, uh, to Kelly? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's it's definitely something that I've always wanted to learn. And actually, in my high school, they did provi- provide an American Sign Language class to take. Like, you could become mm-hmm. fluent in that. Um, but my parents forced me to take Spanish. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> but I guess the question that I wanted to ask you for this new book that you and you, that you just described now were... Are, is there any inspiration from your own life? Like, did you go over to a friend's house? Because I read a little bit of background of you where you kind of had these experiences and do those experiences show through the book? Um, yeah, I, I actually take a lot of these experiences that are in all the books from either my own experience or from deaf friends that I have. Um, so in my dog, Koa, um, his 
uh, what's interesting, like I've said that they're different, but in both of their houses, if you look really closely, there's little um, index card labels on a lot of the things in the house. So like table, chair, curtain, door. So um, the mom has written the word on the thing and labeled everything in their house. And it happens at both of their houses. And I took that from, um, I, I talked to some of my friends. And so I have friends whose parents were deaf and friends whose parents were hearing. And both of their moms did the same thing because they wanted to expose their kids to how to like spell the word correctly. And then like, what, this is a table, this is a sink. And so they wanted them to learn, you know, English and sign language at the same time. And so that was how they put like visual things in their house so that even if a you know child was growing up, they'd still be able to learn what all these things were. I thought it was such an ingenious idea to have like that visual component of your house. And so I put that in the books. Um, so they there's actually little pictures of little signs of things um, in the books too. I mean, that's what's so impressive about language learning, because it, whether it's learning a completely different language that's not of your own, which is what, you know, sign language is for people who haven't mm -hmm. had the practice of doing it, the right. approaches are very similar, especially when you're talking about the visual aspect. You know, I, I was an ESL teacher for many years, and when you're talking visually, that's always the reading and writing, and that's going to be mm -hmm. the same in any language you have to learn. Exactly. I think it's that foundation of literacy. So um, sometimes people think that like you have to rely only on your ears for that, but really a lot of it is visual. And so the more opportunities that people have to see the word, you know, point to the thing, this is the object. And then now what's it called? I think that just increases literacy, no matter what language you're talking about. Agreed. I'm very impressed with the uh, the quotes that you actually incorporated, Kelly, in, in terms of the bio, which is the uh, St. Catherine of Siena quote, be who God makes you to be, and you will set the world on fire. And, and that is something that I think an inspirational writer like yourself can, can really, whether you're writing about Cassandra Sato, is it Sato, or whether it's about Duke, uh, and so on, you know, it is a case of actually opening up and inspiring folk from that perspective. So, I mean, I've got to ask the question, was that a quote that you specifically sort of said, yeah, I'm going to run with this, or, or is it something that kind of resonates with yourself over the years? Oh, yes, that is my favorite. I have two all-time favorite quotes. One of them is from Irma Bombeck, and the other one is from St. Catherine of Siena. Two completely different people, but both very inspirational. Um, yeah, I think uh, I was a late bloomer um, as far as my career and my writing career. And as soon as I finally just made the decision to go for it and to write books, I kind of just came into myself and thought, you know, this is what I was meant to do. Like, you kind of finally just feel settled, like I'm, I'm down the right path. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, yeah, it, showing people, you know, the, the hearing world, what it's like to be deaf. I think it kind of feels like I'm just kind of going down the right road for, for a change. Well, we, we did feel, Kelly, that uh, we, we, we tried to get St. Catherine, but we got Kathy. OK, so, I mean, she might be blessed <laughs> as yet. She might be inspirational. I don't know. She may be going for sainthood. Who knows? She's what, blessed, what right? Yeah. So, there we so, go. Certainly from New York, uh, Pamela Suman has always brought a whole perspective on, on life and so on. Um, and Pamela, we've been talking about sign language. Do you actually do any signing yourself at all? I mean, are, are you a sign language specialist or rather like Kathy and myself, kind of not really explored that area as yet? 
sadly not not really explore that area a friend of my daughter's has taken a private signing classes for years and she's quite adept at it and uh, i've always thought that was such a wonderful thing and i i really would love to yeah and and it's I, it's one of those things, you know, I guess a lot of people say, yeah, I'd love to do that. And then, and then we don't, <laughs> but, um, it, it might be a good thing to put on the list because, um, it's also learning a language that would help you communicate with a whole bunch of other folks that, wow, what a world that would open up to you. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel okay. the same way. I've always wanted to study French and I've started like 10 times, you know, and then I, you get busy with your life. And I feel like that's languages, I think are something people always wish that we, especially Americans were horrible at extra languages. Hey, Kelly, I'm number three to one here. So I'm not going to say anything anti-American, you know, it's, it's, it's quite clear. I mean, you, you got, you got New York. I know Kathy is currently in Lincoln, but that's England as opposed to Nebraska. Whereabouts are you based Kelly, just out of interest? Um, I'm in Nebraska, in the center of the U.S. I thought that was the case from our first time around, because obviously there is yeah. that confusion. Is it Lincoln, England or Lincoln, Nebraska? Easily confused. I think it's awesome that we're actually in the same town and completely different continents. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, it, it sort of works on, on that system. So... Is it possible to, to have a preference? Do you prefer the, 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 the crime writing, the fiction, or do you prefer the children's writing? Or is it just a case of wherever the mood takes you for the day? It's definitely wherever the mood takes me for the day. I love both of them. I feel like the mysteries are things that I, as an adult, love to read. And so those are the ones that I love to write as far as a full-length novel. But definitely the, the children's books are just something I'm so passionate about. And I, I, I love everything about them. I love getting to talk to all of the people and tell them about it. But I also love getting to work with my deaf friends and, you know, show people like, especially people, a lot of people have 90% of um, babies that are born deaf are born to parents who can hear. And when they first find out that their child's deaf, they have no idea what to do you know like how to educate them how to how to do anything how to raise them and so it's great for them to be able to see all of these deaf role models and see like yes you can grow up and you can be a deaf adult with a great job and a good education and a family and everything and you just don't see that many role models out there for deaf adults you know so I'd like to bring those people to you know, the forefront and show people like there's lots of people out here who are successful. Your deaf child can grow up to be anything they want to be. And I think it's an important message for parents to hear. Absolutely. Uh, of course, from the musical world, Evelyn Glennie, of course, a percussionist who was famously uh, profoundly deaf, etc. Before Beethoven, of course, went deaf and, and so on. And there are lots of other instances within that side of things. It's not, uh, it's a different ability, shall we say, as opposed to a disability. Uh, maybe we need to look at it from that perspective. Kathy, um, thoughts from yourself? Any, any other questions you'd like to throw into the mix? Yeah, no. So, with the work that you're doing, what's the future work that you're thinking of getting into? I mean, kind of similar to what Alex was saying, you know, you, you definitely dabble in a lot of things, but is there a new project that you're thinking about taking on? I am, this Kickstarter is definitely my new, newest thing. Um, I am 
just recently met some people who are really good at it, at it and it's kind of a newer community for authors. There's a pretty small group of authors who put their books up there. And um, I think the idea of um, crowdfunding uh, books is kind of a new idea. And so I had to learn a lot about it before I could do my project. Um, uh, it's really a great way to um, just kind of put an idea out there and say, okay, I don't have any hardcover copies of my books because as an indie published author, all that stuff comes out of my pocket. And so to be able to have people pre-order them and then um, they're the first people who get them before they go up on any other retailer. So it's like they, you know, kind of prepay for it. So that way I know like, okay, if I make a print run, I'm going to actually already have a bunch of these already sold and ready to go. And those people get um, extras. We kind of throw in a lot of extras so that they're not just getting the purchase price, they're getting a bunch of extra things, but they also get them earlier. So I, it's kind of opened my eyes to what's possible for authors and especially indie authors. Um, you know, there's just a whole community out there of people who want to support people with good ideas. Um, I met some other authors who do um, cozy mysteries, which is my other genre, and they've done um, book boxes where they take like, um, like you get your new book, but then you also get like a candle and some socks and some tea and they put it all into a box and package it nice. And then people just order those. And that's a Kickstarter project. I would have never thought of that before, but I think it's a really cool idea. So I think I probably will um, kind of keep going with Kickstarter and coming up with some creative ideas for just how to reach people and kind of give readers like and fans just kind of something special. I feel like it's a way to give extra than just going on Amazon and ordering a book or just going to your bookstore and getting a book. This is a way to give like a extra special connection with the readers. I agree. I think it's a great way to personalize it. And it's exactly as you say, you're, you're giving something that people don't usually get when it goes with it. One of my favorite things of uh, Kickstarters was actually like a mystery box where you just kind of told them what you like, but you have no idea what you're getting, what's the book, what's the things that accompany with it. And it's just kind of like a delightful surprise. But if I wanted to pre-order your book, how would I find your Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, yes. Yeah, so if you just go on Kickstarter, the title of my book is My Dog Koa, but it's spelled different. So it's dog is D-A-W-G, like my best friend Koa. And then the dog um, is K-O-A. So my dog, D-A-W-G, Koa. If you search on that, then you'll be able to find my project or my name. I guess you could search on my name too, Kelly Brockenhoff, yeah. Pamela, I mean, clearly, I, I recall when we spoke to Kelly first time around, we talked about uh, Deputy Dog and D-A-W-G, but that's uh, a line, Duke, et cetera. But uh, I mean, I'm thinking um, in terms of obviously <laughs> a musical accompaniment for Koa the Musical. Uh, that might be another sort of line to actually progress on this. I'm just just sort of <laughs> throwing out some some thoughts here. Oh wow! You mean for for songs to accompany uh, her book? Well, it would be a nice uh, bonus, wouldn't it, Kelly? Segment, you know, to have a sort of you know a, a sort of a, a, a sort of dedicated musical thing from that point of view. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> we talk. I would love to. I mean, I've been writing a song a day lately, and I the saddest thing of all is I have nowhere to put them. 
because you have to, as you know, like you, with the birth of an idea, you have to see it to fruition. And it's not mm -hmm. just the idea, it's actually finishing the idea. So, I mean, I would love that. I've got some songs. <laughs> there I see, author of the week, it kind of puts people together, puts those creatives at work and, and opens up a whole range of things. Anyway, apart from that, Pamela, any questions you want to put to Kelly about life, the universe, sign language, murder mysteries or other things? Well, you know, it's very interesting what you were talking about the whole, I, as you were talking, I was, I was really, my mind was going, a, a lot of the creatives that, um, that I'm speaking to in different places, um, and people who are not either used to be like, they, they have a budget or they have a label or a publishing company or, you know, some kind of advance. Um, there's so many gifted artists, whether they be, you know, writers, um, you know, musical artists, uh, people that, that, that want to make short films or all kinds of films, you know, things like that. And they, but they're not funded. They're not funded by the big corporations, so to speak. And there's more and more and more of these grassroots movements, especially now with COVID where people are, are cloistered. They're, they're in there. Beautiful for people like yourself and myself we, we, and, and, and Kathy, all of us really that want to create because we're not inundated by the usual outside stuff. So I, I, I really think that what you're tapping into is a zeitgeist and it's a fantastic thing because it enables you to share with your world the beautiful work that you do. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to. And I've had this conversation with other people because for music, the whole question of, well, do I crowdfund? And I, I've not done it, but I've had these conversations with people, <laughs> you know, the why do it, why don't do it? Um, and, and I'm starting to look at it in a lot of uh, different ways because there's so many, there, there's a platform called Patreon where you can, right. it's, it's really mm -hmm. wonderful that you can just share your art with people and fans really want it. And I think that's, that's the beautiful thing. It seems like you've, you've opened this door for the belief and the understanding and gotten into this community, this beautiful global grass mm -hmm. community of people that actually, they just want good stories they want good art to sink their teeth into so yeah I, I think I guess I'm more speaking to it than asking you the question but um, I'm really glad that you've gotten into it and you're inspiring people like me to go ahead <laughs> and, and and do that because it en it enables you to right don't you find that to be true yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, we're on here together and that I get the chance to talk to you because I, two months ago, didn't even know what kicks, I mean, I'd heard of Kickstarter, but I had never gone on the website. I never thought that I needed it until I really sat down with some people and talked to them. And the more I learned and the more I saw how to do a project, I was just, my mind was open to so many possibilities. Like once you start as a creative person, once you start coming up with ideas of things that you could do, and then you just look on the site of all the in interesting things that people have done, it just like kind of gets the floodgates open. And the biggest thing is just to do it, just to set up like a small project that's not a lot of money and not, you know, it's, sometimes I'm like one of those people who loves to just get the dream. I want the whole thing, you know, and it's like, no, just, just slow your roll, take a little bit, just ask, you know, try a small project. And then just kind of, once you go, it's one of those things where until you do it, you don't understand it and you don't, it doesn't make sense. You just have to like do it. And then it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I understand this, how this works. 
And then Absolutely. I feel like now, yeah, I have all these ideas now to go do next. Yeah. That's X kind of where to put them too. And I mean, Viva La Indie, like, you know, it's interesting. It, indie is a mentality and it is, I think sometimes the indie person is kind of like, do I make the leap for commodifying or do I just do art for art's sake? Or, you know, there's this whole, but to remain independent is hugely underestimated in the sense that it allows you to continue your voice uninterrupted where someone's like, you need to make it more this way or we won't give you the money or you need to make it more. It's like, forget that. You're just growing as your own very unique individual artist. A bit like Duke and does, Duke the Deaf Dog. He's into his third <laughs> book now. He never thought when he started off in the initial routine, he'd have a, a sort of trilogy and, and there it goes. Um, Clearly, it's it's an American-centered and quite rightly so. Uh, author of the week, Jessica's joined us now. It's now four-one. Jessica, I don't know if you followed through with respect to Duke, the the, the deaf dog, and the line from that. I put the same question to you that I put to Kathy and to, to Pamela. Are you gifted with respect to sign language? Do you sign? Do you are you, are you okay with that, or is it again something which you've you've thought about but never actually taken up up on board? Yeah, so it's something I've never actually done, but I've been wanting to do it for a while. My brother did, though. He actually learned it. Um, the library near us was offering a course, so he got very involved with that, and he was, like, having so much fun telling us all about it. So it's so great to hear that, and I loved um, reading that you're very focused on inclusivity for children's books um, because it's so needed, and it's great to see a focus on it. Um so just thank you for doing that because that also makes me want to explore something that I might not have before. Thank you, thank you. I, I think my geography is, is gonna be slightly showed up here, but I suspect North Carolina, it's obviously East Coast, uh, Nebraska, are you kind of central? What, or where, where are, we, are we based in terms of Nebraska? Right in the middle. Yeah, so central. Exactly in the middle, yeah. 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 Geographic well, but... center. Jessica, questions for Kelly? Yeah, so I'd love to know what you think the most satisfying thing of creating your work has been so far. If you had to just pick something, I know it might be hard to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with the Duke the Deaf Dog series, the most fun part, uh, my, my sister is actually the illustrator and um, she's done all kinds of art. She did it in college and she does murals and a bunch of other things, but she's the person who put the, the face and all the characters and all the dogs. And if there's a bunch of dogs in each book and she makes each one a little bit different and each one has its own little personality and she really puts a lot of work into it. And they're just, the illustrations are amazing, but getting to work with my sister is awesome. Um, you know, we get to sit down and walk through the whole thing and go back and forth. And it's kind of uh, been a really special time to be able to work with her that closely as adults. Yeah, that's beautiful. And like hearing how you're focused on being like independent too. I think that's mm -hmm. really great. It's like a family thing. I think it makes it feel a lot more <laughs> personal when people hear about that. Definitely, definitely. We've spoken a bit about music. Kelly, are there any musical influences that have inspired you in terms of music you listen to whilst you write? I mean, some some authors like to actually have music on in the background. It might be all sorts of other areas. Some people prefer total silence. In terms of the process, do you, do you like to have contemporary music or classical music or what sort of line sort of floats your boat? I don't know how other people are, but mine depends on what I'm trying to do. I'm a person who has trouble focusing sometimes. So if 
I'm really trying to concentrate on writing, I like to have like um, instrumental background or piano or classical just because the lyrics kind of mess me up. But if I'm just doing like light work or if I'm trying to get the emotion into a scene, I kind of for each um, of my mystery books, I make a playlist of, you know, how that scene or that part of it wants to feel. And sometimes I'll listen to the song over and over to kind of get me inspired into the mood. I think a lot of people are that, that way. Isn't that how a lot of authors work? Yeah. And any particular artists that you'd like us to sort of, you know, introduce into this little segment, for instance? <laughs> I like the piano guys. They do um, mashups of contemporary things and classical things. And they're um, sometimes with um, cellos and pianos and stuff. And then, um, I don't know, for, for, for uh, my contemporary stuff, I think I just do more, I don't know, just just depends on what mood I'm trying to get. So, so the kind piano a, guys. I'm old, a, so, so kind of a classical oh, we, rock kind I, of a I, thing, the, but. Kelly, we haven't said this for quite some time, but it is actually a standard part of the whole contractual thing here. We do not use the O word on the middle drive. <laughs> we are either experientially okay. enhanced or chronologically gifted, okay? Those two I things are that. fine. But, oh, no, you just don't go there. Jessica, from your own perspective, uh, is that uh, correct that you're actually a, a piano guys fan as well? Yeah, it is. I <laughs> I used to really want to play the piano, but I am not musically gifted. Um, so it's kind of nice just to live vicariously. <laughs> um, but no, they're wonderful. Yeah, it's so cool hearing somebody else. Like, I, I know they're very popular, but it's just exciting hearing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, to use it as part of your process. So like, oh, it's, yeah. it's one thing to enjoy it, but then to like actually like, yeah, it definitely puts me in the mood to, to focus.
and Jessica, of course, actually went through the whole death by dissertation scenario. Thankfully, she survived. <laughs> Kathy's still got to, get, got to go through that. But what the hey? It's a it's a postgraduate thing, Kathy. Don't worry, it'll be fine. We know this. Uh, let's let's turn back to Kathy. Any other sort of lines you'd like to share with with Kelly at present? Uh, again, we're pushing that crowdfunding piece, etc., for Duke, who's now into his third book. This is a chance of a hardback scenario. Um, what other things would you like to 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 raise? Actually, I wanted to know, and I, uh, this isn't a fair question because, you know, we're very audio based right now. Uh, I mean, I can see all your lovely faces right now. So this is a great advantage. But I wanted to know what's your favorite sign in sign language? Like, what's the thing you like to sign to people? <laughs> to ones you love or care for? I know it's a whole language. So you have a lot to yeah. choose from. But <laughs> um, that's a hard question. Um, I think... Of course, I mean, it's easy to say like love, you know, because it kind of looks like a hug where you you put your arms over your chest like you're hugging someone or a lot of people for American Sign Language, you do the I love you where it's like the I and the L and the Y all in your hand and you shake that and that just means I love you. And I think um, I have a grandson who's four and he does that every time he's he leaves our house. He says, love you. And I mean, it's you can't get much more adorable than that, right? I can already hear the four-year-old, or I can already see the four-year-old doing that. I'd be like, oh, my heart. Right, exactly. It's just kind of, oh, okay. Well, you know, they said it couldn't be done, but once again, we've proven we can actually have sign language on the radio, which is great. And I think that's a perfect sort of response there, Kathy, and, 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 and well-responded, Kelly. That's, that's great stuff there. Um, Pamela, back back to yourself uh, in the heart of New York and, and such like. Uh, is, is this uh, an area that you're keen to find out some of Kelly's works? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I really am. I um, I'm going to write this down actually. So you can never say um, what is the best way to find you and to find your books. The best way to find me is my website, which is just my name, kellybrockenhoff.com. And not just that, Kelly, but you can actually have a free short story, great book news. You can actually have an email newsletter as well put together. I mean, it's just everything is actually there that you'd wish to actually sort of want to sort of be fully Brackenhoff sorted. <laughs> That's right. You can become my super fans. <laughs> That. I'm like a fan. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm always looking for more friends. I'm an extrovert. I can never have too many friends. Well, I mean, I have to say, yeah, uh, we, go on, Pamela. Extrovert and an extrovert. <laughs> You're just an extroverted extrovert, extrovert, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite extraordinary. I mean, I, again, we talked about this the last time, but I want to mention it again, one of the classic early uh, Duke incarnations, which we actually had in terms of uh, Nevermind, etc. Duke the Deaf Dog does not like being told Nevermind. Nevermind is not allowed. Uh, would you like to just again explain that, um, which, which kind of sits very nicely, not with respect to just the Nevermind thing, but also the, uh, the, the, the challenges of farts make noise, which could be an album title possibly. Oh, can you imagine the playlist on the album of Farts Make Noise? Every teenage boy would want to have that, would want to buy that, right? <laughs> yeah, so the 
first book in this series was Nevermind. And that's about a, a mother who's one of my friends and she had a deaf son and she made a rule in her house that Nevermind was not allowed because people would tell him, you know, anytime, I'm sure you all know people who are hard of hearing or you have grandparents or someone who has a hard time. And that's the thing that people get told the most often is, you know, in a crowded room, you're talking to people and they'll say, what did you say? And you say, oh, never mind. I'll tell you later. Oh, never mind. It wasn't important. Oh, never mind. You know, well, if you're that person, no one ever wants to be told that. And so that's kind of the, the premise of the first book is the mom said, that's, we're not going to do that in our house because every person in our family is valued and we want to let, make sure everybody knows what's going on. And then, yeah, the second book, um, I have three sons. And so farts, farts were a big topic. It's of Nebraska, obviously flatulence in Nebraska. It's a exactly. big thing. It must be, due, it must be due to all those beans around campfires. That's all I can say. And the corn, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. But we have actually, thanks to Kathy, managed to uh, provide an interesting name for fans of Kelly Brackenhoff. Now, I'm not sure if you're ready for this, Kelly, but Kathy will reveal it now, I think. Uh, you <laughs> may sort of take this under advisement. I think it could work, actually. It could work. So, Kathy, over to you. I'm proud to say that I'm a Brackenhoffiac. You know, I think that's the appropriate fan group name. Uh, I will fund it, whatever you need. Uh, <laughs> let's lead the chart. I need to get my website, right? My Brackenhoffiac. <laughs> my actual, my um, my Twitter account is um, in Brackenville because one of my friends <laughs> that, that that we have a we have kind of a large family, and so he's like, "So how's life over in in Brackenville?" <laughs> so we have Brackenhoffiacs living in Brackenville. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it would certainly work. It definitely works for my good self. Okay, let's give another final plug, of course, in terms of, of uh, fan funding or indeed crowdfunding and actually supporting this particular piece. Best way to obviously do this, Kelly, is to go and locate it on uh, the, uh, the, the the crowdfunding platform and progress from there, I would have thought, and actually just type in uh, either uh, the uh, well, kickstarter.com, where is where you need to go, mm -hmm. uh, either Kelly Brackenhoff or my dog, as in D. A-W-G, Koa, as in my dog, Koa. Uh, third book in this series featuring, of course, Duke. Uh, I, I suppose it should be Duke, but it's um, some too, you know, it's it's Duke. the Duke, the, the grand old Duke, Duke. The, Duke the draft dog. Um, and uh, you can indeed learn 11 uh, ASL signs just from the book itself, which is fantastic. Um, Jessica, your role obviously remains constant in this. So would you like to throw those last two questions to Kelly? Um, she may remember for the last time around, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, over to you, Jessica. Yeah, I'd love to. So Kelly, have you had a reasonably interesting Zoomer with us today? Reasonably interesting? Oh, much more than reasonably <laughs> interesting. It's been wonderful. Thank you. That's fantastic to hear. So will you be joining us again in the near future? I sure hope so. Thank you for having me. Kelly Brackenhoff, author of the week. Huge thanks, and uh, keep on writing, Kelly. Uh, and I'll do that. I'll do the sign thing from that point of view. There we are. He's, oh, done, he's, he's, he's learned a bit of science. So, there, yay, there you go. Love you. Love you. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, likewise, <laughs> Kathy and Jessica. I think uh, uh, Pamela's had to head off to to, to New York, etc. So keep on keeping on. And um, for Duke the De Duke the deaf dog. Well, keep on barking. 